When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. He's getting close, but you know, we all got to be real in this thing. And I think the learning curve of where he's at, he's at a great place. Are there still mistakes? Yeah, of course. But he learns from them. So now he can take that and use it the next time he's out there. Hogan Johns. I've just gotten more comfortable. I don't really get upset if I miss a throw. Yeah, I mean, I'm constantly growing every day. I know that I can make that throw. My goal is to just improve every day. There's always going to be things that I'm going to have to work on at the end of the day. You know, football is football. From NBC NBC Sports Chicago, it's Adam Adam Ho. Justin, it just looks different. The ball just zips. from the from the athletic, it's Adam Adam Johns. His ability to put the ball consistently in areas for only his guy to get it—that's different. It's the Adams. Greatness doesn't happen overnight, you know. It's just—it's a process. Hogan Johns. The Adams converge. Let's begin now. What's up? Welcome in. Happy Friday. Don't get to say that too often. I don't know. Last time we recorded an episode on a Friday, but it is Friday. Bears play Monday night. Everything's shifting a week. It's Thursday in our world. What's up, Johnsy? What's up, everybody? Friday podcast, uh, okay. I don't know. I'm used to the Thursday schedule. It feels like Thursday to me, except I have a football game tonight. So that part's yeah, you Friday. sound like a, you sound like a football coach. Living in two different worlds. I don't know I, what. I, I, I have long hated the strong word, but I, the the Monday night schedule, what it does to the the football planning week. Like, yes. It, it's just never liked it. I don't mind Monday night football games, but I've never liked what it does to the schedule in terms of elongating You're just upset it. about working on Saturday. That is true. Just well, call it out for what it yes, is. Yes, that is very true. <laughs> that is very true. Uh, hey, welcome in. Um, we got a, a game to preview Monday night, uh, and it should be an interesting one. Adam Hogue, Adam Johns with you. Uh, hey, we appreciate the shout out on Chicago Magazine. I Thank had no you. idea that, that was a thing. That. Well, I know Chicago Magazine's a thing. I didn't know that was happening, but I appreciate we we appreciate it. We appreciate uh, all the support from our listeners as always. So um, check that out if you get a chance. Um, yeah, thank you for Eli, our old friend Eli, for pointing it out to us as well. I mean, I I, I do I used to, I I never lived in Lakeview though. You said you tried to say I live in Lakeview. Weren't you from? Uh Old Town Lincoln live? Park. Old Town Lincoln Park. Well, close don't, enough. Don't throw me into those Wrigleyville rats. Close enough. Close enough. <laughs> you know when you you know when I read that, I'd roll my eyes at that though. I, I was very first of all very thankful that we were in there. Thank you for listening. Yeah. Thank you for the support and the extra attention. But you knew I was going to roll my eyes at the Lakeview Bros comment. Yes. No, that's fine. But you were the one who's hung over, not me. <laughs> <laughs> May have been true. <laughs> uh anyway check that out did you understand what we're talking about um we appreciate the love as always and uh we can't seriously cannot do it without our listeners we're coming up on episode 500 Ooh. our producer kent garrison pointed that out that is uh we might have to do something special for that so uh 
anyway, could not have done that without you guys. So thank you so much. Follow us on Twitter. Check us out. I uh, got a column up on NBCSportsChicago.com about the tight end situation, which I think we'll talk about here briefly. John Z stuff all up on The Athletic. Kevin Fishbane will be joining us here at KFishbane on Twitter. You can read him on The Athletic as well, theathletic.com slash Hogan Johnson. For some reason, you are still not subscribed. You should be, so check it out. All right, um, a couple newsy items and then a question that actually Kent had for us, and I love the topic. So uh, news, though, David Montgomery back to practice, pretty big. Small sample size that we get to watch in practice, but I got to say, look pretty normal David Montgomery. I mean, just roaming around in the short period of practice we get to watch. Not like he was limping around or anything. He looked like he's full go. Um, The Bears did that last week with Larry Borum, who's a rookie. He came back. All right, we're playing him. So I and just knowing David Montgomery, I know there's a bye week after that. But I don't know if the Bears can afford Johnsy to fool around with waiting a week because there's an extra week of rest. I think if he's ready to go, you got to play him. Now, the run game has worked without David Montgomery. But my immediate reaction to that news that Matt Nagy announced yesterday was they got to find a way to get him and Khalil Herbert almost on the field at the same time. Still rotate these guys because you don't want to rush David Montgomery too much with all the rushes. Um, You get what I'm saying? Like You have a a great second option in Khalil Herbert who has carried the load better than admirably in Montgomery's absence. But my thought is you have two better than effective running backs there. Let's find a way to get get both of them the ball. It's got to be better, though, than that T formation they try to run with Damian Williams. Oh. That play just did not work. Um, hey, they used to do this with Tariq Cohen. Now, Tariq Cohen and Khalil Herbert are not the same player. But And by the way, that's a, just a... I feel like they missed Tariq Cohen. Do you? Yeah. One of the... What is the old Matt Nagy word? Adjusters? Oh, yeah. Wait. Remember that Matt Nagy word? Yeah. Like Trey Burton was that. an adjuster. Um, Tariq Cohen was an adjuster. Like the guy that, you know, tips the hand of the defense. Um, heck, that could be David Montgomery coming out of the backfield and lining up at the slot for a quick pass Maybe. here or there. I don't know Just, who's adjusting the de- the defense much these days. Justin Fields? Yeah. I don't yeah, but I, you know, it's not even like in the backfield. Like I think I just feel like they miss Cohen lining him up as a wide receiver. He, you know, he's actually a decent route runner. He's somebody who would get open. Who could get, who you could get the ball to. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. But look, I, um, Khalil Herbert's been a great find. I think people are kind of forgetting how good David Montgomery looked at the beginning of the season. Like there is a difference there, and this is an upgrade, and it's good to have the depth the Bears do at running back now. And uh, we'll see what it looks like. But it certainly seems like as we record on Friday morning, there's still a few days until the game. Um, I at least expect David Montgomery to be back. So that'll that'll help things, um, especially because, you know, the running game wasn't that great against the 49ers. Herbert only averaged like 3.1 yards per carry, something like that. And, uh, you know, it was really Justin Fields was the running game. Yeah. Well, there were some negative runs. Um, I didn't like the, the plan to start Damian Williams. With all due respect to Damian Williams, yeah, I don't know what that was about. Doesn't Herbert have the hot hand? Run with the kid. Like you saw an immediate difference when Herbert came in. That run game started to click. Yeah, that was just weird. I don't know what that was about. Right? Man. Come on. Don't overthink this. Sometimes don't they overthink do that. this. Yes. Well, sometimes they tend to do that a lot at Hallis Hall. Yes. So, which is a good transition to our next question that our producer Kent 
brought up as something to talk about, and I like this. But the question is, quite simply, would you rather be the Steelers right now or the Bears? I actually think this is an easy answer. Okay. Like, okay, like, am I the owner of the Steelers or the owner of the Bears? Um, I guess so. Here I, we are putting I, our ownership I, hats on. Like, okay. Yeah, again. I, I guess, who do I trust more? Like, I, I get the argument. Like, you have a quarterback who is going to be 40. He is not in his prime. He, you got to find that rookie quarterback, whatever. You got the Bears with this outstanding talent, um, potential leader in, in Justin Fields, can do a lot of different things. We've seen that throughout this year already. Like, what do you feel better about? Like, my answer is... It's the Steelers. You've you've had a coach there for what 15, 16 years. Like I would have faith in the Steelers in finding that next quarterback. They've had three head coaches since nineteen sixty nine. Right. That right. is just mind blowing. You like, and I have covered four in Chicago. Think about that. Yeah. That yeah. is insane. So, even with Justin Fields here in Chicago. Ryan Pace, the GM, Matt Nagy, the coach, are on the hot seat. Are they not? Like we've yeah. we've talked about this at length. Can ownership separate players' development, like the most important player on the team's development, and wins and losses? I don't think they can. I don't think they can. But so I think it boils down I to the this. Steelers. I pick the Steelers. Okay, so you you would rather have the stability on the in the yeah. coaching staff uh, in the front office versus. Getting to kind of start over with the, I guess it depends on what you truly feel about Justin Fields. So to I me, I would go with Mike Tomlin being. One, sorry, I, I'm interjecting. I'm getting fired up. It's too early to get fired. Not even nine o'clock yet here in Chicago. I know we're going early today. Um, I don't know, man. I, I, if you truly believe that Justin Fields is the franchise quarterback going forward and like can be special, I think. I think it's awfully tempting to to roll with the Bears because, like, the what are the Steelers going to do here? Roth, I mean, it, look, this is great. They can win this game. They can be they can beat the Lions next week. They can be six and three and blah blah. They were eleven and zero last year and completely fell apart because Ben Roethlisberger's not Ben Roethlisberger. And by the way, when Ben Roethlisberger was winning a Super Bowl or Super Bowls, that was a different league, man. It was. I mean, I'm not taking anything away from him. He's a he's an outstanding quarterback, but the way offenses and the quarterback positions have, have evolved now, um, you know, I just what are they going to do at quarterback? I, I, I don't. I don't know. Know. That's fine. I would side with the stability of, of the organization. Um, do you know the last time Mike Tomlin had a losing season? I don't think he's ever had one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that must yeah. be. Yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. The guy is 149 and 81. 149 and 81. That's I, pretty good. I, I get, like, it's quarterback league. Um, we'll talk to Mark Kabali about what Bren, Ben, I can't say this, Ben Roethlisberger is right now, who he is right now as a quarterback a little bit later. Um, actually quite soon here, but I don't know. The stability of the organization seems to strike me, but that's that's a layered conversation in Chicago because that's the one thing the Bears have not been is consistent, 
stable, patient, forward thinking. <laughs> it, it's all fair. I, I, I that's why I think it's an interesting question. Because, but, but I think the other side of that argument is saying if you have the quarterback in place, you're in pretty good shape because the Fine. Bears haven't yep. had that that entire time either. Yeah, they've never fair. had that. That's fair. So if you're talking about a Bears organization that finally does have that guy, which is a huge if, well, it could be different. I don't know. It's a, it's a, to me, it's a fascinating question. Interested to hear what I think our my listeners think. One last too. thought on this before we get to Mark. I think the fear here in Chicago is, okay, we got this guy, but what's next? Who's going to screw it up? Like, who's going to be his coach? Who's in charge of the team? Like, that's where we're at. But like we said in the last podcast, right? Um, even the broken clock is correct twice. What if uh, t- t- what if Mike Tomlin leaves for that USC job, though? <laughs> I love how like he should be pissed about that. Mike Tomlin is one of the best coaches in the NFL. Doesn't get enough credit for that. Okay, but here's the thing about that: he can be mad that his name got brought up, but that was. Um who was it that brought him up? Was that uh, was Carson Palmer, wasn't it? Yeah, just no. some silly rumor. Was it Palmer or Leinart? I want to say Palmer. What, what, no, Matt you know, Castle. Somebody else. Was it? I don't think it was Matt Castle. I'm throwing out names of old quarterbacks. Matt Barkley? Now we're, now we're really just naming, naming guys. Different Matt? <laughs> Had a lot of... A lot of mats. Um, he, sh- he shouldn't have been mad, though, that the question got asked. He- he- someone brought his name into the conversation. Yeah. So It's like uh, one of those, somebody didn't have their coffee this morning. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, let's do this. Let's bring in uh, Mark Cavalli and uh, get some insight on these uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. And then um, friend Kevin Fishbane will be here to preview the game after that. So uh, here he is, Mark Caballi. You can follow him on Twitter at Mark Caballi. It's spelled K-A-B-O-L-Y. Mark, thanks so much for taking some time as we get ready for this Monday nighter in Pittsburgh. Yeah, it's going to be a real barn burner, you know. <laughs> I'm sure that when the NFL put it together, uh, maybe they were thinking something a little bit different than what it appears to be. Well, I, I think some barns might burn, but for, for different reasons. Um, <laughs> um, three in a row, though. I mean, come on, Mark. The, the Steelers have beaten the Broncos, the Russell Wilson-less Seahawks in overtime, right? The Browns seem to be a mess. Are, are they feeling good about themselves, or is, is that just a matter of who they're playing? Well, they are definitely feeling better about themselves after the three-game winning streak. I mean, all three of those games were come down to the end there against you know the Broncos are a bad team just face it they're no they're very they're not good Seattle one of the worst defenses in the league and the Browns are just you know in shambles right now however they seem to be finally getting um what they want to do on offense figured out a little bit they're able to finally run the ball the past three games averaging about 125 over those three games which might not seem like much, but when you're typically averaging 50 before those in those four games, it does mean uh, a lot to them. So <clears throat> they are uh, definitely feeling a lot better than themselves than they did leaving Green Bay a month ago when they were one and three and everybody was getting fired and benched and cut and everything like that. So 
they got a real chance here. I mean, if they beat Chicago, they got Detroit coming up. They go from uh, one and three to six and three all of a sudden, and you're right in the midst of everything in the AFC North. So it is a big game. Yeah, Mark, I'm trying to figure out what we can expect offensively from the Steelers in this game. Uh, it's not like the Steelers obviously have a high-powered offense. Of course, the Bears don't either. But, you know, here in Chicago, the story the last couple of weeks has actually been the defense. Like, this has been a good unit for so long, and all of a sudden the floodgates have opened. They're, they got problems in the secondary. They're not stopping the run, which uh, would worry me if I was on that Bears coaching staff going into this game against the Steelers. So um, I, I guess you tell us how much... How much success do you think the Steelers can have offensively in this matchup? Well, first, they're going to run the ball. That's, they've been preaching this for a year now, that they're going to finally change what they do and actually do a power run game. And it really didn't work the first month of the season because they had five new starters on the offensive line. Three of them were rookies or, or first-year players, at least. So Plus, you know, they had a rookie tight end, a rookie running back, everything, a rookie offensive coordinator. So really wasn't working out very well. But the past three games, they're able to stick to it, and they just want to run the ball. What they want to do is they want to run the ball, power run game, like basically every team wants to do. Then they ask their quarterback, who's 39, and, you know, he's seen his better days, but he's still a decent quarterback, to make those five to six throws a game to be either makes, you know, move the sticks, uh, touchdown throws, beat throws down the field. And that's the way they're going to go about it and let the defense win the game for them as well. So that's the formula they figured out over the past three games. And I don't see why they would go against that right now, especially with, uh, like you said, Chicago struggled stopping the run last week. I I can imagine they're going to have a very similar game plan to that. If you're the Bears, you come in and you try to force them to throw the ball. Anything you can do to force Roethlisberger to throw the ball 30, 40, 50 times a game is gives you an opportunity to win this game. When uh, the Bears went to, to Tampa, I think the Buccaneers just they, – they got to Justin Fields because a lot of different looks. He wasn't sure what he's seeing. I know Pittsburgh can be exotic with different things and, and aggressive with their blitzes and whatnot. Um, but lately, at least the story now in Chicago is how Justin Fields is finally feeling – assertive when it comes to running the ball. So I'm curious, when it comes to Fields' ability to, to break the pocket, break contain, get out and run, Like, how does that match up fair for the Steelers? I don't think they're that concerned about that, to be honest with you, because you know they face Lamar Jackson twice a year. They yeah. faced Josh Allen week one, and if you look at his run numbers, he basically shut him down. And he's very similar to what Fields does, and what I'm talking about is, there's not a lot of design runs. Usually breaks the pocket, and they're pretty good at that. They're they're not going to bring a lot of exotic stuff. They're going to try to get the pressure with four guys. They might spy fields a, a little bit, but uh, they have they they believe you know. And if you look back, they've played against Lamar Jackson well four times, I believe. Two weeks started. And you look at his numbers. They've held him pretty much in check every time they played against him. So. Uh, I think, like I said, I think they're pretty. They they like how they match up against running quarterbacks for one reason or another. So, um, uh, the defensive coordinator Keith Butler said on Thursday, he's like, yeah, he didn't seem too worried about it. Seeing that way, I think maybe if it was more designed runs, 
that that might create more of an issue. But I think of just getting out of the pocket and scrambling, they got an athletic front seven enough to be able to not have him affect the game where he's going to win it for the Bears. Mark, I want to ask you more of a big picture question about Ben Roethlisberger. Is the assumption that this is his last year? And if so, what's the Steelers' plan at quarterback going forward? You sound like a Pittsburgh radio host. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's a good question. Um, uh, His contract is up. I mean, he signed a new new deal, and he had a bunch of voidable years thrown on the end of it. So, you know, four days after the Super Bowl, he's a free agent. That doesn't mean he's not coming back. Um, I think that he would have to be – they would have to be close. I think they'd have to make the playoffs. I think they would have to be feeling that they're, you know, a player or two or a player or two away from having a legit shot of winning it next year for him to come back. So I don't think anybody's closed the door of him coming out. And one of those reasons is because there is no really backup plan right now. You got – Mason Rudolph, and everybody knows what he's been able to do, and that's not been much. <clears throat> and this is his fourth year, I believe, already. Yeah, fourth year. And Dwayne Haskins, they brought him on as a reclamation project, and they're basically redshirting him this year. Now, he, he looked pretty decent in preseason and training camp. But if you got a, a plan where you're saying, okay, Ben's done this year, this is where we're going to go next year, that's, that's yet to be determined. I mean, they can go out and find a quarterback, but I think what, what they do want is they don't want to start over, so to speak. They don't want a, a rookie quarterback to come in and wait three or four years. They think they have a window with this defense to win sooner. So whoever it would be would have to have some sort of experience. So I don't think anything's been ruled out right now, to be honest with you. I think a lot of it's going to depend over the last, you know, whatever, 10 weeks of the season. And if Roethlisberger's shows that he doesn't wear down, the elbow's fine, and they're close, I would not be shocked if him coming back for another year at 40. All that said, this, has it ever surprised you covering this team that they haven't drafted a guy higher first, second round, late first, early second? To, they've just you know, really to, to never be in been in that position. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They're always in the, uh, you know, the 15 to 20 to 25 range. They were able to move up a couple years ago to get Devin Bush at 10. Yeah. They moved up 10 spots. But, I mean, if you're going to get a surefire quarterback, you have to be in the top 10. You know, yeah. even then, it's not even a surefire. I mean, Josh Rosen of a couple of years ago, and even, you know, Sam Darnold. I mean, so they, they haven't been really in position for that. Uh, I think they realized that Roethlisberger was still pretty – Pretty good. I mean, you hear a lot of things about him and how he's declined, and it, it's really not been that much of a dec- of him going backwards. Maybe him getting out of the pocket and stuff like that. His mobility isn't there anymore, and that's that's an issue. And earlier in the season, it was an issue because the offensive line was so bad. But yeah, they have used picks on, I believe, third round and Rudolph, who they thought was a first round grade, or they had a first round grade on, and that hasn't really panned out i mean haskins i guess i mean he's a top 15 pick 15 pick overall but yeah it's just the type of thing when you have that type of quarterback you try to address other positions because you're always thinking he's going to be around but he's going to turn 40 here in march so there's really no plan right now and i don't see anybody that in this upcoming draft that they would be interested in to be able to 
take over a franchise quarterback. I mean, the question is, do you even need a franchise quarterback with, you know, the air quotes franchise, or do you just need somebody who's out there that can be, you know, be a average to above average quarterback as well. So they haven't, they've yet to make that decision. So I don't think it's going to come anytime soon as in the draft. So maybe they'll go out and get Drew Locke. Maybe they'll find somebody like that. (laughs) To bring Mitch, in and fill Mitch in. Trubisky, there's a name for you. Yeah, I mean, people throwing his name. You think that's funny, and and I made fun of the radio hosts around here, but the radio people who like to stir up things, even throwing out Mitchell Trubisky would be a perfect player to come in here and be that type of guy. That's the type of guy that, you know, it's cheap. He's a reclamation project just like Haskins, but maybe there is some lightning in that ball that didn't come out and in Chicago and in, in, in Buffalo. So. Hey, uh, you know what? That, that, I think Mitch Trubisky is going to have a chance to start somewhere yeah. next year, whether it's Pittsburgh or somewhere else. So I don't think it's that crazy. Um, if you're going to go that route, though, you better have a well-coached team. I think most people around the league consider Mike Tomlin to be a, a really good head coach. The Steelers usually well-coached. Uh, nobody here in Chicago is happy with the coaching staff uh, that's here right now. So can you give our listeners an idea of what that looks like to have like a coaching staff that you know every year you're covering the team that they're going to be, you know, a winning team. That's the, the thing with the yeah, Steelers. What is, always what have is a win- that like? My we don't know what this is like. So if you can help us out, it'd be great. Once again, I keep going back to this Pittsburgh radio stuff. Maybe you guys can come here and talk some sense into some people here because, you know, they think Tom is garbage, that he hasn't won a playoff game in five years, they haven't been to the Super Bowl. And- since 2010, he needs to go. They keep giving him a pass, but the bottom line is they're they're you know they're winning every single year, or at least within striking distance of uh, making the playoffs. So and the thing about him is is it's basically him too. If you look at the coaching staff, there's a there's a lot of turnover on that coaching staff every year. This past year, I think there was four different guys that come in, but there's been one solid guy there, and that's Mike Tomlin. And, I think a lot of it has to do with the ownership. I mean, you just have to give guys time. I mean, you just can't give them two or three years and say, okay, if this quarterback doesn't work out, you're going out with him as well. So, I mean, the Steelers have found something that's worked. I mean, three coaches since 1969. You don't think that other organizations would say, hey, let's follow this model. I guess you have to find the guy. But there are some iffy parts with Bill Cowher. There's iffy parts with – Chuck Nolback in his history where most teams would have probably got rid of him. Same with Mike Donald. He had three years where it wasn't very, I mean, barely 500. So I think a lot of it's to do with patience. Plus, I mean, he's been around like 15 years now. He knows, yeah. he knows how to relate to the players and get the players' attention. He might be only, I think he's, what, 50 now, 49 or 50? But he seems like a 20-some-year-old guy. And that's the one thing I've always noticed about Mike Tomlin is when he's out there on the field, man, is he engaged. I mean, practice field. I mean, if you're thinking of a guy who's getting worn out after 15 years and he just he's going to pass Bill Cowher uh, for uh, second most coaching wins here wow. if they win on Monday, the guy got energy and he got passion for this game and it shows every single day. And that's something that I've noticed. You think after 15 years he would just get sick and tired of going out there to practice and and putting on that Mike Tomlin persona, but he, he doesn't. So he's 24 and four against rookie quarterbacks, Mike Tomlin is. So <laughs> what's your pick for Monday night? 
Well, I think he lost to Troy Smith, so that might count as two <laughs> times or something like that. Yeah. He lost to somebody really, really bad sometimes. So, you know, it is so It's an Ohio State because, quarterback too, right? Yeah. It's so tough because the Steelers tend to play to the level of their opponent. That's no disrespect to the Bears here. Uh, I can guarantee you something. It's not going to be any more than a one-touchdown difference if they do win the win, win the win this game because um i mean there, there is a long-standing tradition and it's typically with road games so it might not count here but the Steelers really going somewhere and laying an egg when they got everything in front of them here i mean they go out to oakland and lose when the raiders like two and 14 i mean they haven't won in oakland in like five years or you know five last meetings out there and okay has been awful they lose to Mike Glennon I mean it's just you can go on and on and on of how they failed in games that, that they should have won and then especially when you have a chance to go to five and three in Detroit six and three then you um have, have a pretty tough schedule after that man I wouldn't expect this game to be getting out of control saying that I think the Steelers defense is playing extremely well I think they'll be able to pressure fields I think they'll be able to sack him. I think they'll be able to a little bit better than they have, you know, over the first half of the season. But I don't see it's going to get out of hand here. I think something like 24-17, the Steelers might win this. But you're going to have to actually stay tuned for the entire game. You can't shut it off at halftime. All right, Mark, we appreciate the time and the insight. Uh, It it should be an interesting game. I don't know how uh, exciting it'll be, but I do agree it should be relatively close. So uh, we thank you for your time today, and uh, we'll, we'll see you Monday night. All right, we'll see you. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Mark. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. If you're like me, you believe there needs to be more stylish, functional, business, casual men's wear that is both high quality and durable that can withstand your day. I'm talking about maybe hanging out in the press box, watching the game later with your friends, maybe getting a quick nine holes in. That's why men's closets were due for a radical reinvention, and Roan stepped up to the challenge. Roan's commuter collection is the most comfortable, breathable, and truly versatile set of products known to man. They have products for every occasion. We're talking about the world's most comfortable pants, dress shirts, quarter zips, polos, and blazers. They look great as individual pieces, maybe with a Hogan Johns polo or quarter zip, but they also work seamlessly together. Rowan's signature four-way stretch fabric is breathable, flexible, works everywhere from your commute to work to the 19th hole. It's time for unparalleled confidence without all the hassle. Rowan's commuter collection features wrinkle-release technology and is 100% machine washable. Looking good is that easy. The commuter collection can get you through any workday and straight into whatever comes next. Head to roan.com slash Adam and use promo code Adam to save 20% off your entire order. That's 20% off your entire order when you head to roan.com slash Adam and use code Adam. It's time to find your corner office comfort. All right, from Mark to Kevin, we go. The fish man is here. He is ready for Northwestern Iowa. 
He is not. Not ready for Northwestern. Not ready. If you like punts. That's what I thought last week, though, when they played Wisconsin. Then Wisconsin just scored a lot of points. Maybe Northwestern will do that. Yeah, it's possible. I saw uh, some some ranking of punters the other day, and Illinois' punter was number one. So it's nice to see the Illini coming through and something. Okay. There's your uh, Big Ten punter update of the week. That's what I'm here for. All right. uh, You are here, though, to... uh, You are not here to talk about the uh, Illinois punter. You are here to talk about, by the way, the San Jose... uh, San Diego State punter. Now, that guy's real. He's bombing off 82-yard punts every week. If you want to talk about a real punter. Punt Uh, punt to win, baby. You are here to uh, give us your three big questions of the week. These are... Which, of course, I prepared because I was ready for this. See... It's exciting, though, for me when you do this because I can't see them in our Google Doc. When Johns does it, they're in the Google document. Now it's like a surprise, and I really have to give you a, like, when you guys watch, when people watch these debate shows and they wonder, like, how much this whole thing's set up, this is not set up. I have no idea what's coming right now. Neither do I, but here we go. (laughs) Question one. Offensive side of the football. The Steelers... John's and I were talking about this yesterday. Their run defense, Football Outsiders, has them ranked pretty high. So, like, theoretically, Monday night could be the night that somebody bottles up Khalil Herbert, right? Like, that's going to happen David, at some point. What about David Montgomery? And David Montgomery. Like, that's going to happen at some point. Bears aren't going to be able to run for 140 yards every week. So, let's just assume it's this week. How do you see this team, this head coach, responding because we've seen in past years what happens if like a few possessions go by and they can't run the ball very well and they don't run it again the rest of the game i think we talked about this a few weeks ago but especially considering the steelers pass rush all those things how do you think they react against the steelers defense if they can't run the ball i know how i would react finally i want to see justin fields have a 30 plus attempt game i want to see him air it out a bit like even if it's forced a bit I think it's part of his development. I think we've all been waiting to see it. So that's how I'd react. I don't think the Bears would react well, um, at least not initially. But I think Justin Fields needs to, needs to experience that where he has to actually throw the ball down the field consistently in order to move the ball. Like that's that's needed for his development. See, I think we saw this game last week. I mean, Khalil Herbert really was not getting a ton on the ground. He had a couple of nice runs, but for the most part, he was not averaging the same amount per carry. They had a bunch of negative runs. Justin Fields ended up throwing the ball, I think, 27 times in that yeah. game, if I have yeah. that right. So uh, now the big difference for the conspiracy theorists out there is that Matt Nagy was in a hotel room. Congrats to uh, our friend Pat Finley for finally uh, figuring out where he was. Uh, where, where's our friend Patrick Finley? Staking out hotel rooms on the North He's Shore. He's trying to figure out where his friend Matt Nagy was all week. But he got to the bottom of it, so congrats. And uh, Matt Nagy would not give him his room service order, though. No, no room service. (laughs) Not chowing down on wings. Nothing to drink. Not even water. He just he uses a ball of nerves. Okay, so um, but this week he'll be on the field. We know where he'll be. So does that make a difference? I don't know. Um, one thing I would like to see is. 
and you're right, it did like certainly the second half, like Khalil Herbert could do nothing against Fournette, but he still ended up with 23 carries. Yeah, and, well, that's okay. So that's what I was going to yeah. get at. They, they still committed to the run, and I actually right. thought as bad as things were going in Tampa, they stayed committed to the run, and Nagy was at that game. So to answer your question, I think we are finally seeing them committing to the run. What I'm also trying to say, though, is I think last week was the first week that the offense didn't really go through the running game or through the running back, I should say, whether that's David Montgomery early in the season, Khalil Herbert the last few weeks. It really went through Justin Fields because he was the one running with the ball and the one making plays with his arm. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, too, is I would like to see them still run play action. Right. I think we've learned over the years you don't have to be a good running team to utilize play action. Like there's not you, know, you can still do it. And we saw that Justin Fields was able to create things with the legs just by getting on the move with play action. Like these weren't designed quarterback runs a lot of these plays. It just were they you know, them pass out naked, plays yeah. that got him on the move outside the pocket. So you know, you'd like to see them stick to that if if that happens and not just have him sit in the pocket all night against TJ Watt. That wouldn't go. One thing, well. one thing I think we'll see less of, maybe not at all, is the um, Alex Bars package. Because yeah, we barely saw it last week. You don't need to do that when you have Jimmy Graham back, and you can put Jess, Jess like Jess. And this is another conversation. I don't know if we have it now or later, but and I wrote a column about this yesterday. Jesse James needs to stay on the field. Like he, everybody has now admitted, from Justin Fields to Matt Nagy, <laughs> that there's a connection there. So. Just because Jimmy Graham's back doesn't mean that Jesse James should come off the field. But if you have them both on, if you need more protection, just use the tight ends. You don't need Alex Bars because then you have a couple guys who can actually run routes and you can get the ball to. I'm not going down that road as to why Jesse James has a better connection. I promised myself I would not bring up training camp again. Well, so here's a question. Am I... Am I actually planting questions in press conferences just to keep this conversation going <laughs> because you vowed not to talk about it again? Yes. I don't know. Do you remember when John said he uh, wouldn't talk about the January uh, press conference? No, I broke oh, the yeah. promise, too. I broke yeah. the, I, I'm just breaking all sorts of promises. Yeah, <laughs> what a waste of time training camp was, guys. <laughs> I sweared there. <laughs> <laughs> I think you might have, actually. I, I think you kind of did. there. <laughs> Uh oh. Um, question two: um, Defensively, this is a defense that over the years has struggled with quarterbacks like Ben Roethlisberger. And what I mean by that are quarterbacks who get the ball out quick, right? Like, how many times have we seen the Bears play a quarterback who can't move, so we expect the pass rush to get there, and then we're sitting there on Thursday talking to defensive coordinator, and he's like, "Oh, he got the ball out quick." You know, credit to them, we couldn't get there. So. You're put on your Sean Desai caps. What is your slow down? It's weird to say slow down Ben Roethlisberger because he's obviously not the same big Ben as he was. But how do you see this defense after two weeks of not touching the quarterback, now facing one who will get the ball out real quick? How do you see them combating that? Well, that's the old Russian coverage have to work together argument, right? Like, we should all be concerned about the Bears coverage, right? I mean, the rush hasn't been very good without Khalil Mack. Uh, they did not produce one quarterback hit, right, last week? Am I, am I wrong in saying that, right? No sacks, no QB Sounds hits right. on, on Jimmy Garoppolo. So the rush is a problem, but it, 
the coverage could help with that. There was problems in that Bears secondary, man. Yeah, that's why I, I I think we need to start talking about reality a little bit. And um, I don't know if they have the horses anymore. Like, and I'm not just talking about in the secondary, but especially with Eddie Jackson out. Uh, you know, look, Danny Trevathan's just not the same player. Oh yeah, when he's yeah. out there, Alec Ogletree's been a fine addition, but he's not. There's a reason why he's been on the street and available to pick up. Um, he's played okay, but he's not. You know, Roquan Smith just can't do it all in the middle of the field. Okay, and like when Tease Tabor came in the game last week, and maybe he'll it'll be different this week because he'll have a week of preparation where he knows he's going to play a little bit more. But look like to me, they just kind of like, hey, you're going to be single high guy in the back, and don't let anybody go by you. Like you know, really trying to limit what his actual assignments were because he didn't have a whole lot of experience in the defense. Um, so I just I don't have a lot of to answer your question. I don't have a lot of faith. If if they're going to get the ball out quick, then you need to cover. And I just don't have a lot of faith in them covering right now. No. They miss Eddie Jackson. Yeah. Yeah. Not that he's having a great... Yeah. If you're Sean Desai, you better come up with some confusing schemes. Like this week. Like, you you, got to do something that at least causes Ben to, like, double clutch and question what he's looking at. Um, And And you better stop the run, which I have... uh, Another thing, I don't have much faith in them doing either. Right. I was just going to say, none of this matters if they can't stop Najee Harris. So, you know, they played like they did. I mean, if, if you're Pittsburgh, you're watching that 49ers tape and thinking, no, let's just get Najee Harris outside of tackle and he'll be gone. He'll be free. Free to go. Um, free to be you and me is a song I play for my son sometimes. I'm not sure if you guys know that song. It's a classic from the uh, 70s, I think. Oh, I know. Free. Yeah. No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> um, uh, question three I know it's question three. I usually go big picture, but I want to go back to the offensive side of the football because I actually got this. Did I get this in a mailbag this week or maybe on Twitter? T.J. Watt. Yeah. How? It's, it better not be the Miles Garrett plan. What's the plan? What's the what is the T.J. Watt plan? Is this whole part of your Jesse James package that that's how they combat T.J. Watt? I mean, is this going to be like a full one eighty? from what we saw against the Cleveland Browns. Um, or do, do you they mean? trust? Uh, what like, do you mean a full they, 180? Well, like how, how oh, just don't leave them. Be? Don't leave them sitting there with five man protection. Correct. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It would uh, probably not do that. No, I think that I, I hope they've, they've learned their lesson there. Um, yeah. You got to at least chip them. You got to double them. Um, I think one thing though is is Justin I think is getting better at identifying when protections need to be slid one way or the other. That's coming with experience. That should continue to improve. So, but yeah, look, TJ Watts a handful. He's going to be a problem. He's going to sat. He's going to get a couple sacks in this game because that's what he does. Uh, you got to avoid the catastrophic fumble, the strip sack. That's what I would be worried about because that happened a couple weeks ago too many times. So ball security, you just can't turn the ball over because in a game like, like if the Bears are going to have a realistic chance of winning, they have to win the turnover battle. And right now the defense isn't taking the ball away at all. So that means as an offense, you can't turn it over yeah. like a single time. Yeah. The Buccaneers game. Justin Fields is very good at recovering fumbles, though. Well, it's a good trade to have, I guess. But um, the Buccaneers game kind of stands out to me because you know when you're down to your third string right tackle, at least you got Larry Borm in this one, Jason Peters. Like the Browns game, like it was what? Like Peters looked 
old in that one. I think he's improved since then. I'm not saying the Bears have this lights-out offensive line, but they, they've they been better. But, yeah, leave those tight ends to help, especially what number is T.J. Watt? 91, 90? He's 90. Number 90, right? Yes. 99? No, no that's right. uh, it's J.J. Brother. Right. All right. Well, those are your three big questions. I'll give you a solid B. Good off the top of your head, it was pretty good. Thank you. Should we, should they'll, we? Be, they'll be better prepared uh, next time around. All right, let's. Uh, no, they were they were fine. Appreciate it, Kevin. Let's uh, let's talk about the game real quick and our predictions. So again, seven fifteen Monday night on ESPN Bears at Steelers. The Steelers are a six and a half point favorite. There is no Peyton and Eli this week. So Peyton and Eli. I mean, I'm okay with it. Really? You wanted to watch it? Right. I'm not going to be able to watch it anyway, so I don't care if they're going to take this week off. You don't care about the fans? You don't care about others? <laughs> selfish. Do people really want what a to selfish have to hear jerk this Adam Hogan is. Do, do people really want to hear Peyton and Eli just rip the Bears yes! for three hours? Yes, they do. Okay. Actually, yes, they do. I told John this the other day that one of my favorite things about the Manning cast is when a team or player does something dumb, Peyton's reaction is so funny. Like, he he takes gets, it personally. He gets so like a missed field goal. He gets so angry. There was a personal foul penalty like after the after the whistle last week. And like he could just like sense some of his, you know, if, if like if there's like a taunting call on, uh, on Mario Edwards during, you know, during the game. Like no, the way I, that uh, Peyton Manning would react, it'd be kind of be fun, fun to see that. I, I would love to see his reaction to the Bears calling a timeout when they don't have to, like in the red zone against the Steelers, and then coming out in a legal formation or a false start. I would love to see his reaction to, to that sequence because we've seen that sequence play out how many times? And I got to be honest, Eli is actually, he, he's almost more critical. Like he, he'll just be like, what are they doing right now? <laughs> Like he, he's great. It's really good. Um, so sorry, everybody. They're not going to be doing it this week. But who would the guests have been? Would have been like um, they could have had Jay Cutler. <sighs> yeah, bring in Cuddy for a quarter. Um, Vince Vaughn. You got to go like Vince Vaughn for your like pop culture guests of the week. Probably Jerome um, Jerome Bettis. Yeah, get the Steelers side of thing, Jerome. Trying to think who else. And then it's like usually whoever has the big game on Sunday, they bring in. And well, then the they pre- that the player usually weekend. loses the next week. Yes. So you're saying you shouldn't pick the Bills this week? Correct. Except who the, the Bills the- even play? Are they in a bye? Jaguars. Oh, they should still win. Oh, yeah, I'll take the Bills. Lock it up. Um, right. bold, prediction, bold prediction. Bold prediction in this one. Cole Komet. Bold predictions. I'm st- just sticking with my Cole Komet prediction. He's going to score a touchdown this week. <laughs> Maybe um, Adam Hogue will stop ripping him then. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, Cole Komet touchdown. That's my bold prediction. And then let's go with 24-20 Steelers. Bears keep it close, but don't have enough in the end. Okay, Kevin. I hit my bowl prediction last week. That was kind of... You did. You did. Yeah. You got a lot of props, too. Yeah. I Jesse James hit... touchdown. Yeah. Um, let's go 
the defense ends their interception drought. The defense will get an interception off Ben Roethlisberger. And I've got Steelers 22, Bears 19. Okay. Like those wacky scores. Four Cairo Santos field goals and a Justin Fields to Jimmy Graham touchdown for Hogue. Am I allowed to have a negative bold prediction? Of course. Like, I almost feel bad about this one. I do feel bad about oh. it. <laughs> I think Cairo Santos' field goal streak ends. It would be the stadium for it to end in. It's a tough place to kick. Hoagie would know. Special teams coach. I have never kicked there, though, so I don't know if I know <laughs> that. I mean, I do know that about Pittsburgh, but I don't know if I personally can like speak to it. Um, but, yes, that's part of the factor. Not easy. It's a night game. I don't want to see your, uh, if that happens. I don't want to see your mentions. I know, right? That's why I'm like, I don't know if I want to say this. I just, do I, I don't, I don't wait, like any. Miss, it really has to do with the missed extra point last week. Like now, all of a sudden, that's in your head. Here's right? the, here's a question: Is it worse for Hogue to say Cairo Sanders will be perfect on his field goals for again, and for Cairo to miss? Because that's gonna be more like a jinx situation. Oh, then it's like a jinx. Yeah, I'm doing the yeah. reverse drink. I'm trying I, to help him out here. I don't. I think yeah, that could be worse. Mm-hmm. I'm going for the reverse jinx. So your prediction comes true, Kevin. They kicks like 17 field goals, and they. I I didn't say if he missed it. I just said in my score, I got him. I had him with four field goals. Yeah, I just all right. Well, anyway, don't hate. That's just my prediction. Um, I'm gonna have. I have here's. He, <sighs> I got a weird thing here. My gut tells me the Bears win this game. It's a game the Bears... Like, it would be very Bears to go into the bye after, like, all these three-game losing streaks to have this, like, big win on Monday Night Football and feel good about themselves and everything's honky-dory again. And then lose by 40 to the Ravens. No, here's the thing. I don't think the Steelers are that good. I really don't. I think their defense is solid. They've not really beaten anyone the last few weeks. They have not. Like, Russell Wilson wasn't out there. That game went to overtime. It was pretty ugly. Um, the Browns have been kind of a mess recently. They get. I mean, that's a tough... I'm, I'm going to give them credit for the win last week, but 15-10 against a Browns team that's all beat up and OBJ's trying to get out of town. I mean, it's just not that impressive of a victory. Um, I think the Bears showed some legitimate strides offensively last week. I'm a little bit worried about that carrying on this week. It just it, the Raiders game still sticks with me. Like that was a good win. Where did that come from? Can they backs against the wall? Can they show up in Pittsburgh with David Montgomery back and just get a lead? And that's the th- that's the key to me is like get a lead. Um. And put together four quarters. It's it's possible. My gut says it's it's a thing that could happen. Now, I've been covering this team too long. It's a primetime game. We know how these go. Um, I do think they're gonna have some problems with like the matchup you brought up with TJ Watt. I don't think their offensive line is good enough. And so in the end, like the logical pick, really breaking down the matchup, understanding what this team does. 
in prime time. The fact they've had these losing streaks the last couple of years, and I'm pretty worried that they're going into again here. I have the Steelers winning 20 to 13. Wow. It's not a lot of offensive there. progress right there. Holy smoke. Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, part of me feels like it could continue, but then like history in my own head and knowing how these things usually go, I'm going to say that that doesn't happen yeah. on Monday night. I, I, I foresee a very similar game as last week. The offense works a little bit, but the defense just can't stop the Steelers. They can't get off the field again. Yeah. Um, fun fact, uh, the Bears were 3-1 and one in primetime games in Matt Nagy's first season as head coach. Since then, they are 3-7 and seven and have lost four in a row under the lights. Fun facts. A lot of your fun facts are not fun. <laughs> also, fun I apologize because the Cairo Santos miss that I'm uh, predicting would flip the spread too. Based on the prediction I just gave. Your mentions are going to be hot on Monday night. <laughs> They're going to be hot by the end of this day, probably. Uh, all right, let's roll through some other predictions here. And uh, I guess we, we keep it right here in the AFC North. CBS noon, Browns at Bengals. Bengals a two and a half point favorite in Cincinnati. Yeah, not a good slate of games again this week. Um, bye week is a factor with planning this, at least our pick segment here. Um, I'm going to go with Bengals. I don't think either of these teams are actually very good, to be honest with you. Um, that's it. That's my analysis. But I'm taking Bengals by a field goal. Yep. So you're taking a push. Uh, we got it at two and a half here right now. Oh, okay. There you go. Um, I don't know. What if, uh, what if the Browns play better after they cut OBJ? No. 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 All right, because everybody's taking the Bengals. I'll take the Browns. All right, I'm taking the Bengals. I think, uh, you know, the ebbs and flows thing that John's always talks about. Bengals bounce back strong. I think they're a decent team. I don't know what's going on in Cleveland. I'll take the Bengals to cover. All right, so two words, Aaron Rodgers. Um, Hall of Fame. Two words. All right, our guy Pernell McPhee there and the Ravens hosting the Minnesota Vikings. Fox, noon. Ravens are a six-point favorite. I forgot uh, Kirk- about that clip. <laughs> that <was so laughs> Great funny. clip. Um, Kirk Cousins should play better. It's not a primetime game, but give me the Ravens by a touchdown in this one. I think the Ravens are one of the best teams in the NFL. Yeah, Vikings are a weird team where I could see them playing it close, but I'm not betting against John Harbaugh off a bye. So Ravens. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, yeah, the Vikings are weird. Six points seems like a lot here, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll take. You know what? I'm gonna take the Vikings. The Ravens have been weird. I think the Ravens win the game, but they are also like I think they're really good. But they've also had games where they don't look that great, or they wait till the fourth quarter to really show up. Maybe that's the type of game this is. So um, I'll take the Vikings to cover Ravens to win, though. We tried to reach out to the man who died in this pursuit. Uh, they were unavailable for comment. Micah, back. <laughs> I've heard that. Funny how that works. Fox 325 Packers at Chiefs. Is Jordan Love bad? Always the question at hand. 
Uh, the the Chiefs are now a seven and a half point favorite with Aaron Rodgers out. Um, he is immunized, but he is out. There is a difference. I I think the storyline that I'm rooting for in this game <laughs> is Jordan Love to light it up. Light Not, it up, just just to give the the like to create some extra angst for Aaron Rodgers to create some extra angst for the organization. Not that I don't think he's going to be, I, I don't think he's going to be Oh, a good you're doing it to spite Rodgers. Yeah. I see. Yes. You're, you're, yes. Yes. I don't think Jordan Aaron Love. Rogers. Yes. That's what you're going for. I don't for. think Jordan Love is very good or will be very good, but just in this one game against a very bad Chiefs defense, he can have a Mike White-like performance. Mike White would be the Jets backup quarterback who, Beat the Bengals, right? Yeah, 400, 400 yards. yards. That's passing, yes. When's the last time a Bears quarterback threw for 400 yards? Oof. Kevin? Jim Jim Miller, 1999, I believe. <laughs> Off the top of his head, like that. That's just embarrassing. <laughs> Not for you, for the Bears. Larry Mayer had, uh, us, had to ask that question last week, so I was looking it up recently. <laughs> All right. Um... I'm yeah. glad, by the way, that I got more mentions about the, my Jesse James Bowl prediction and the fact that in the pod last week I said the Cardinals were going to beat the Packers by two touchdowns. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that prediction didn't work out for you. No. I'll say Packers cover. Chiefs win. I agree. I think, you know, I think the Packers showed you something. I know a lot of it's Aaron Rodgers, but for that situation last week to go into Arizona, get that win, they also have had some extra time here. Um and the Chiefs just aren't right. Like, that win over the, the Giants the other night was not pretty not impressive at all. They're losing in the fourth quarter to the Giants. Um, like, are the Packers without Aaron Rodgers as good as the Giants? They could be. Probably. The rest of that roster? I, I So, I'll take the Packers to cover. I do think the Chiefs find a way to win because I'll still stick to my gut feeling that Jordan Love is not good. I think the Packers would have handled the whole offseason differently if they really felt like they had the next Aaron Rodgers. So I don't think they have a lot of faith in him, but uh, we will see. Go Bears. There you go. Fox, 325. Cardinals trying to bounce back from their first loss of the season. They are in San Francisco. And how about this? The 49ers are two-point favorites. Kind of an odd line. Yeah, Kyler Murray Murray playing? What's his deal? I believe so. I didn't know that he was he not. Oh, because he got hurt at the end of that game, didn't he? Yeah, is he fine? I don't know. I haven't heard anything about that this week. No. So I think he's playing. Otherwise, I would think that the uh, 49ers would be favored by even more. So are you surprised though, that the Cardinals are not favored? Do you think Vegas was just waiting for the Cardinals to lose? To then be like, all right. We're done with this whole Cardinals thing. Maybe. All right, so Kyler Murray did not practice yesterday. Um, it seems like one of those situations where he's probably going to play, but maybe not 100%. I don't know. But that's what I thought about Dak Prescott last week, too, and he didn't play, so who knows. Uh, give me the Cardinals and the points. Uh, I don't even know who the Cardinals' backup quarterback is. So... Um, Let's find out. Is it John Skelton? You just made that guy up. <laughs> it's a former Cardinals quarterback. 
You made that guy up. The mid from the mid aughts. Ooh. Early aughts. Ooh. It is a former Texas legend. Colt McCoy. I thought I was gonna say Vince Young. I had no idea Colt McCoy was on the Cardinals. Uh give me the uh give me the 49ers. Jimmy G showed me something last week. Okay. Um, I think if Kyler plays, the Cardinals win. Yeah. There you go. Buy me some penis and cracker jam. <laughs> NBC seven twenty. Titans at Rams. The Rams are seven point favorites. What? Really? What? Derrick Henry's out. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Adrian Peterson is back in the NFL. It's yeah, fun. okay, that makes a difference. I was going to say, like, didn't we learn our lesson last week? I went yeah. on this rant last week. Why were the Titans underdogs after beating the Bills and the Chiefs? Yeah. Kill, killing oh. the Chiefs. Yes, I am taking the Rams in this, uh, even winning by 10 or more points. Wow. They're going to be fired up with the Von Miller edition. Their defense is going to be scary. Scary. Didn't scary, yeah, scary. we all know how good uh, Leonard Floyd is on primetime. So I got I got Rams 30, Titans 17. Okay, didn't Derrick Henry get hurt in the first quarter last week? Didn't they find a way to win? In overtime? Going, Titans. Do it. Just pick the Titans. Go pick ahead. them to win. I, I'm not picking the Titans to win, but I think they cover seven. This is a good team. Everybody hates on the Titans. I don't get it. Yeah, I'll take the Titans to cover. I think it's a better game than, I guess, Vegas thinks with that line. Um, Close. Rams pull it out at home, but Titans cover. Quick breaking news from, according to NFL Network, Trevor Simeon starting for the Saints on Sunday. Not Andy Dalton? Not Andy Dalton. Okay. Trevor Simeon. Go Cats. There you go. All right, Kevin, thanks for your time. Thanks for having me, boys. All right, there he is. Kevin Fishbane at KFishbane on Twitter. Read him on The Athletic, theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns. We need to get out of here. Johnsy, enjoy your Saturday at House Hall. I will be there, actually. Okay. Making sure. Um, Maybe. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No. I cover football for a living. I love it. There you go. You got your athletic sweatshirt on i got my hogan johns t-shirt on today check it out on youtube if you're inclined hogan to check. john's hoodies are hogan john's hoodies coming out that's soon, the right? word i think next week we might have them so bear with us bear with us we could have more coming and uh any uh merch that is sold obviousshirts.com by the way is where you go to get this stuff and anything sold this month a portion of the proceeds go to the 22q family foundation appreciate the support there uh, we need to get out of here. So, oh, I thought I just saw something about another Packer quarterback having COVID, but it's a false alarm. False alarm. We're out of here. Um, uh, follow us on Twitter, read us, YouTube, blah, blah, blah. Everything I already said. Talk to you guys Monday night after the game. See ya. Thank you, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs>